everyone and welcome to Living at Bellevue. I am your host, Monday Young, international life and business coach. And today I'm excited to be speaking with Juanita Ingram, who is an award-winning attorney, filmmaker, author, fashion philanthropist, and and actress. But not just to stop there, she is the creator of a new show that's called The Expats International Ingrams, which chronicles the international adventures and struggles of a black American family living, working, and learning abroad. It has over 20 episodes and is also going into uh, season two. And it just shows them navigating culture, schooling, healthcare, COVID, all of those things that we are all dealing with living abroad. But the most exciting thing that I feel about this guest is that she is a real display of how uh, living abroad can really bring out all the different uh, qualities and creative abilities that you have if you're just brave enough to dive in and to and to try them. So without further ado, I just would like to welcome Juanita. Hello, Juanita. Thank you for joining me to talk about your multi-hyphenated life. Like I was saying earlier, when I looked at your profile, your page, when I discovered you on Instagram, I was like, now this is a woman who knows how to pivot. Like she is doing everything like, and it's just amazing how much you've been able to accomplish as a mother and (laughs) to get anything done at all, much less all the things you have done. So I want to start off with you just talking a bit about yourself and how your expat journey started. And we'll slowly move into all the different hats you've been wearing since that time. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am a multi-hyphenate. I recently (laughs) embraced that phrase. I embraced the function of it and then learned what Yes, it was actually called. <laughs> so if you could tell us a little bit, what is a multi-hyphenate? Because you've educated me on this. So can you just give us a little definition? What is someone who is multi-hyphenate? You know, it just means that you are multifaceted or that right. you do more than one thing in different lanes, have different gifts, different talents, and you balance many different functions. Yeah. I tell people, I used to tell people all the time, I had to go. It was interesting because it was a life coach that helped yeah. me to see before the term multi-hyphenate came to, to mind or right. I came, became aware of that term, I became aware of who I am first and embracing right. all that I am. And so oftentimes in society, in this world, because most of the time women are multifaceted beings. Yes, we are yes. three-dimensional fool beings, but a lot of times other people do not embrace that about themselves or society right. won't let them embrace it. And they project their stuff onto you Mm, mm, and they create mm. lids and boxes. Yeah. And so it was through being an expat, actually, that I began to embrace all that I am. And this sort of leads into what started the expat journey. My husband's job is actually, believe it or not, is actually what moves us around. People think that it's me that takes us (laughs) to different countries. And I'm like, no, technically, I am a trailing spouse. Right. Okay. That phrase. You are a successful trailing spouse, that's for sure. You have learned to yes. keep yourself busy. Yeah. When I first moved to London, the first time, it's been 10 years since I first started on the expat journey. Right. And okay. it was 2011. And we moved to London first. 
Right. And it was the first time that I had to stop being a traditional attorney. So I am an attorney, an author, an actress. Yes. Then turned filmmaker, producer, you know, <laughs> yes. CEO of a production company, all of these different things. But I tell people often, especially women who see that and feel like, oh, my gosh, you know, how did she do all of this? I did not do all of that at the same time. You even look cute when you're doing your workouts on Instagram. I'm like, how she look cute when she working out? I'm like, I'm like, I can't take no pictures hey. when I'm working out. <laughs> See, I don't take pictures till I'm at the stage where it looks okay. I will not take. I'm started back working out now because I'm getting ready to do another pageant next year. Y'all not gonna get pictures for the next three months. In three more months. I'll start filming. <laughs> right now, it's not film worthy. All right, so it's good to know where you are. Good to know where you're at and to function in that space. Yes. It's not ready yet. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I tell people all the time where I am right now when you read my bio or you see what I'm doing, that is a snapshot, almost a cumulative picture right. of, of what has transpired years. for more than 10 years. Okay. There was a point in time when being a lawyer and a new mom was all that I could do. Right, sure. And that is okay. I'm really big on seasons. Sure. And knowing what season you're in, you do, you mm. cannot do. Mm. You can do all things. You just can't do it all at the once. Same time. That's the best open... quote I ever heard was from a woman who said, "You can have everything, just not at the same time." And I was just like, "Not at the same time." Yep. And so at one point, being a new mom and an attorney and taking a shower. Yes. Hopefully, David, was all that I could do. Yes. <laughs> and that yes. was enough. And yes. it wasn't time for me to be an author. And it wasn't time for me. Mm. I started back acting. I started acting as a child. I was in theater. My okay. mother is in the arts and a musician. I grew up playing instruments and in theater. I then was I wondering. Adulted. Yeah. Yes. And but then I, I went and I adulted. You know, because I I do have a left brain, right brain balance, if you will. I blame yeah. my parents. Yeah. My dad's a CFO and a chancellor at a university. My mother is an a art, musician artist, and is right. in the arts. And so I blame them totally. Yeah, but that's a beautiful combination though. Well, thank you. You know, I read a book called Whole Brainers hmm. and it helped me to accept because people will, I've been called everything from flaky to <laughs> unfocused. And it's amazing. I'm like, first of all, you can't be flaky and succeed in certain things. You pe exactly. you're, you're flaky, you're doing it and you're not doing it well. Exactly. Then, okay. But if you're doing it well, and that's really what goes into a multi-hyphen is someone that does a multitude of things well or well yeah. enough. And you're finishing things. Yeah, flaky yes. people don't finish things. You've written the books. Right. You've produced right. the TV series. You've become an attorney. Flaky is definitely not the word I would apply to you in any shape or form. <laughs> well, I've had it thrown out there. It didn't stick because I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> What we're okay. not going to do. Do not project on yeah, me. Yeah, but, but yeah. people will project their lids, you know, the boxes that they put themselves in and then they place a lid on mm. themselves mm. and they will frisbee those lids out and yeah. try to have them stick onto you if you yeah. allow it. And it was the beautiful process to your profession. It was actually a life coach during my first year as an expat right. that helped me to embrace all that I was capable of that was already inside right that becoming an expat actually helped me to explore right who I actually was it was right. a blessing I did experience trailing spouse depression sure. for the I, first four months I think we all do mm -hmm. 
I think if you're a woman who's been, I mean, I remember the first time that I had my trailing spouse experience. I mean, I had not worked since I was like 14 years old. I mean, when I didn't work and, you know, and as an American, it was like, if you don't work, you kind of don't amount to much, you know? So it's like, I was sitting there thinking, what's my purpose in life? Like I was full panic attack, full depression Mm -hmm. mode. It really hit me hard as well. Yeah. And I didn't know at the time that that was an actual diagnosis, like Mm. trailing spouse syndrome. Mm. And I didn't know that that until I started researching for the show. And then I read the symptoms and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was me. That's why I sat on Mm. the couch for four months and cried. Yeah. Because, and then being coming from a profession like the law and being an attorney, Nobody sure. goes through law school and I was a JD MBA. So I was a real glutton for punishment. I did two <laughs> degrees at the same time because, you know, I don't like to sleep, I guess. Yes, and, apparently. Yeah, I did all of that past the bar the first time. Wow. No one goes through all of that because you don't want to be a lawyer. Sure. You know, sometimes you can escape certain career paths and reinvent yourself. I still love the law. Right. I'm right. still a licensed attorney. I love helping people. Nice. I love solving problems. I didn't dislike the career path that I chose. So it was, and I'm writing a book right now, and it's a chapter in the book that I'm talking about in terms of mourning the right. trajectory that you thought you were on and giving yourself permission. Mm. And it's only until you mourn that, that you can move on yeah. to where it is that you're supposed to go but yes. it's we don't give ourselves permission to say you know I really wanted to be a judge I did yeah and after the first 10 years of practice I wanted to be a judge now I'm going on right. 19 years of practice I may get a judge show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> whatever works manifest yeah, it any way that works, you can you know. yes 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 right but the traditional way of what I thought and where I thought I was going I had not given myself permission to mourn that I was trying to tell myself it didn't matter Mm. it wasn't bothering me and that's what really made me sink into even deeper depression was denying those feelings and so once I was able to really mourn what wasn't and then open my mind up to what could possibly be it's like the whole world opened up and that's when I went and auditioned and got an agent got signed as an actress I just did it I just thought you know, what did I used to do that made you that made me want to get up in the morning or yeah. set my soul yeah. on fire? Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's not that being a mom wasn't enough. I love my kids. My kids are social butterflies like myself. Yeah. They loved going to daycare and playing with other kids. They were like, you need yeah, to my son, mom. too. Yeah. 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 And I was more than their mother the day I was born. And I was giving myself permission to be more now. It's nothing wrong being a stay-at-home mom and that being mm. your primary focus and not mm. doing more. There's nothing wrong with that either. And that has seasons too. You know, for me, it does. when I had my son, I took it in stages. You know, when he was little, little, I was home. As he got bigger, yeah. I started to work like 10 hours a week. And then as he got older than 15 and 20. And so I let that have its season too. There was a time when I wanted to yeah. nest. And as he was getting more independent, so did I want to become more independent and get back into... I think that's a really good thing that you say, you know, that people have to. And what I coach people on all the time is that life does have seasons. Mm -hmm. One thing that you did from because this is normally the largest issue is what you're talking about is people have one career. They follow their spouse and they can no longer do that career where they're going. Right. 
And they can't imagine themselves, especially if you've gone to school for a long time for something, you know, they can't imagine like if you're a doctor or an attorney or something like that and you have to give that up. That's a huge ask for most people. And they can't see if anything else would be below that. And I have to explain to people, it's not that it's beneath you. It's just that you get to add to it that you get to change the dimension and you never know where that branch is going to sprout up again at a different time. It's adding accessories to your toolbox that you can use where you are right now. Yes. I love that. Adding accessories. You know, that's right up where my girl. You you got all the accessories. You've got the bracelets, the the, the earrings. That's a good analogy. That's a good one. But that is so true because for me, it went back to the core of who are you? Mm. Being a lawyer mm. is what you do. Yeah. But my coach helped me to see that the common ethos that ran through the thread, that ran through everything that I did. Yeah. I love empowering women. People. Yeah. I love empowering other people. Yes. So with the common denominator for everything that I did in the books that I wrote mm. and the roles that I took as an actress mm. and the things that I chose to lend my legal degree to and in support of uh, be addressed for success you know, other organizations, even my own nonprofit. Now that I have my production company, our main mission and ethos is giving a voice to marginalized people and their narratives and empowering women. It was replete through everything that I did. So it made that three, a alliteration of attorney, author, actress, it made it all make sense. It had to make sense to me first. Then everybody caught on. Then I became a multi-hyphenate. Then I became great because I started seeing myself as great. And not allowing myself to take on the narratives. I really did have someone in London that said I was like flaky. And <laughs> like you see. And it was when I started I was just writing books. I'm like, Yeah. It's flaky about being an author. That's actually very hard to it's do. A, yeah, but it is extremely hard to do. It really is hard. Because I'm trying to do it myself at the moment and I'm just like, Woo <laughs> Get a good editor. That's all I can tell you. Get a good editor, your life will be a lot better. I write like I write legal briefs. It's real boring. <laughs> And I need help. Well, like, I write I, I write out. like I talk, you know, so it's like, you know, it's like, okay. Oh, no. Everything sounds like it should start with your honor when I, when I write. <laughs> it's, just, it's horrible. But <laughs> accepting, I'd accept me first and the fact yeah. that if we were talking about in a, a pair, I love your analogy that you just made. I have on it a full beaded evening gown in that I'm an, a lawyer. Yeah. Everything yeah. else I am putting on earrings, mm. bracelets, mm. a mink stall, you know, mm. everything mm. else just really yeah. does accessorize. Yeah. Because yeah. even in film, film is a business. And people it is a business. Like, and it's a legal business. A very legal business. And yeah. people are like, how right. do you end up and... being on oh my God, distribution and yeah. contracts? I mean, mm. it's replete with contracts. And I'm a contracts attorney. And they were like, how did you end up on the Emmy ballot nomination for the Emmys from doing this self-funded show. How did you end up there? And I'm like, to me, it was a business before I ever hit record. I knew where I wanted to go. Yeah. Then I researched how I needed to get there. So I backed into it. Yeah. And being a lawyer, lawyers can research their asses off. So that comes in super handy for anything you're doing. The judge I used to work for, clerk for in my last year of law school, used to call me a legal pit bull. He was like, you just don't let go, do you? It's like, you're going to find the answer, not that mm. exists, but the answer that you need. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, to, yes. To do what you need to do and accomplish it. I 
my first short film that I did, you know, just to be able to research and know that there is a common area use where certain songs are in fair use and they are outside yeah. of copyright and you can use those songs, popular songs. Some of the Beatles songs were in, yeah. you know, public domain. Yeah. And just to know that before I, I had a partner at the time, a production partner at the time, she wanted to use a Beyonce song. And I'm like, girl, what mm -mm. you don't want to see is a legal hive. You yeah. do not want to see them. Like you're going to no, get No, you don't. Mm -mm. You We're not. <laughs> like you can't do that. You can be inspired. Use that to write. That's great. But you yeah. cannot shoot a film. And put, but what I did find was a Beatles song, Love Me Do, that is outside of copyright. Right. I had it mixed to a trap beat and it became a whole nother feeling whole nother thing. to yeah. a... Yeah murder mystery kind of genre of a short film and that is creativity yeah. plus legal prowess and that and because you success. have to be really careful out here when you're using oh, you like sound bites and different things uh you know from different people and i think for what you're doing you're exactly in the being a lawyer contracts for books for films productions this that i mean yeah that's the perfect combination and I always tell people, it doesn't matter how small your a passion is of yours. It can still lead you to purpose. Absolutely. It can still lead you to purpose. Yes. And I think that's the biggest thing for me was, like you said, when you stop doing what you've traditionally done hmm. and you can't see yourself doing anything else, it's like, okay, I literally had to sit there for four months on the couch and say, okay, who am I? Yeah. What is my purpose? Why am I here? What am I yeah. doing every day? And And I had to mourn where I was going. But then once I started embracing the yeah. opportunity that this exists to pivot mm. and to explore different things that I felt were always there, yeah. but I just didn't have time to explore them. Yeah. I yeah. look back on that time and I'm like, man, I shouldn't have wasted those four months. What else could I have done? Yeah. In those four months, but that time was necessary. It is necessary. Grieving is necessary. Yeah, it, it was. Mm. And look at every thing that I do has been a building block and intentional and purposeful for what I was meant to do next. Right. And if I just remain open to the opportunity and not look at and perseverate on yeah. what I had to give up too much, you need to yeah. acknowledge it. So not as not to be in denial, but you just don't stay there. I mean, I think another, you know, another thing should point out is that Fulfillment comes in so many different ways. Being in a loving relationship is extremely fulfilling. Having someone yes. who's going to walk with you through life and support you and be there with you is one of the most valuable things you can invest in. You know, and sometimes we do have to sacrifice part of our careers or things to to have that element in our life. But I wouldn't be without that element. That is just as important and gives me just as much purpose, knowing how to love someone and receive mm -hmm. love and, and create children and to build a life in a home is not an easy thing to do. No, it's not. It is, it is not. not. I'm the same. Because at the end of the day, the books, the wars, the consumers, the shows, all of those things, are that's all great. Yeah. And it's great to have. None of them is, they won't bring you a glass of water if you're sick. Or chicken soup when you're sick. <laughs> They won't. They will not. And I also look at motherhood in that way. Because mm, mm. motherhood is a perpetual sacrifice. Yes. If you look at it in that regard. I mean, it is in a literal sense. But I haven't done anything in life that's more fulfilling or worthwhile yeah. than being a mom. I really sure. feel like my kids really were the reason why I was created. All this other stuff sure. is great. Yeah. And I am more than just their mom. 
But even the time that I have now to be a present mom, mm. whereas I would not have had that opportunity yes. if I were still in the traditional role of practicing law and had never stepped away. If I had stayed on that trajectory, I look yeah. at what that would have meant for me as sure. a woman. And this is an opportunity to be a mom and a present mom in a different way that I never really thought would have been possible had I stayed on that corporate track and stayed in a particular lane yeah, yeah. and not had the opportunity. You know, yeah. when we first moved to Taiwan, all the schools were full for my daughter's age. I had the blessing of being able to homeschool home her for her. an entire semester. Now, yeah. it didn't always feel like a blessing. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you because... Honey, because teachers. I ain't never loved teachers okay? as much as I do now. I'm like, y'all deserve Ooh. medals. Woo, which y'all do they every day. They deserve medals. Yes, they badges do. Badges of honor. You know, my mom was a, a teacher for 32 years in the public school system, music teacher, choral director. Yeah. And you either have the anointing to teach. <laughs> when God was pouring that out, I was probably somewhere <laughs> hopscotching on a cloud. You know what I'm saying? Like probably filming a movie or something up there. I wasn't where I needed to be. To and I think it's that. different teaching your own children, though, because they know yes. how to push your buttons. They know how to manipulate you. They know how to yes. do all this emotional stuff that you don't have when you're normally teaching someone that's not your child. Right. When it's your child, I think it's more difficult, like really setting those boundaries well, and it's really difficult. I say this not because like my son is a better student or anything. I think it would have yeah. been easier if it would have been my son yeah. than my daughter, only because my daughter is me. Yeah. And so I really have no complaints. <laughs> Honey, she is Juanita 2.0. She is way more talented. <laughs> Who pray for us if we ever have to be in that situation again? She, she will tell you, she was like, you are so bored. You teach like a lawyer. And I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. Thank you. I don't know it's what like, to say okay, to that. Thanks for the filter. Like, <laughs> right? But she is so me in every way. Like, oh, every great way, yeah. amplified by ten. Nice. But at the same time, now I know why my mom did what she did mm. to me at times. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's so it's very different. But I yeah. look at that, and I look back at that time, and albeit a revelation for me that. That's not my anointing. Mm. However, mm. I will never. You were get able that to, though. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and I yes. will never get that. We are so close now, and mm. the bond that that mm. created, and the opportunity for us in a very formative time in her life for me to be so close, like we literally created this beautiful relationship. That I'm not sure had I stayed on the same path, you would have that gone. I would have had the opportunity to be present to do. Yeah. And it made for a great show also. It was, it's funny. Yeah, yeah, because it's it elements hilarious. of characters and we feed off of each other's energy. And yes. children will teach you a lot about yourself. Mm -hmm. So much about yourself. If you're yourself. honest and open and vulnerable enough, you'll see yeah. yourself. And yeah, you really can't yeah. get upset because they yeah, are you. Yeah, yeah. And I think it cracks your heart wide open. Like, honestly, when my son crawls in our bed in the morning, it's like my heart is never as full of love and as open in that moment. I never felt that yes. way before ever in my life about any human being other than my child. Yeah. It just opens your heart right up. I think that's just something you can't explain. But before we yes, go down that I, all that road, we need to, yep. we only got a couple minutes left. So I want to get to talking about all your accomplishments. So I'm going to run a, through the list of some things, and then we're just going to finish up talking about the expat show. Okay. 
Okay. So now you're an attorney. We've addressed that. You're an author of, is it three books? Three women's inspirational books. I'm working on my fourth that will come out next year. And then I have a seven part children's series. I did see that. I'm like, where does she get the time to do all of this stuff, girl? You should do a time management (laughs) course. Someone else told me that. (laughs) It's in the book. So the last book that I wrote was Fabulous, Faithful, and Three free and it comes with a workbook and everything that I use to stay organized and like how I was able to do all this. I tried to put it in a book. Okay. So that I could share. I think I'm going to have to get fabulous. What is it called? Fabulous? Fabulous, faithful and free. Fabulous, faithful and free. I need to get that. I need to get that. Like, give me your mailing address. I have Unfortunately, but fortunately, the box of books that I went wanted to go to stores showed up here in Singapore. <laughs> Whatever, you know. So, I have plenty. I will send you a copy. <laughs> okay. I will definitely after this, I'm sending you my address cuz I need it. I definitely need it. I will it. do it. <laughs> and after not just that, so you've done some film, you've produced mm-hmm. some films yourself, and I did actually watch one excerpt is like where you were acting with your husband and you were trying to follow your passion, but his work was more important. I was like, God, this is what oh, yes. so many couples must go through, how women feel like they have to sacrifice everything because he's the breadwinner. And I thought that was like such a powerful scene. I was like, mm-hmm. every expat spouse who's suffering from like roles of, you know, because the person earns more your worth like this is an excellent thing to watch oh thank you can you tell us about that film briefly well that must have been what matters most it's it's like a really short film Mm. uh, that's on my imbd page that actually when i started back acting in london the agency that i was with made us write our first short film just because we didn't have any experience and they were like okay you're going to produce it you'll get your own content get your own reel and i wrote that and produced it, directed it, and they, you know, gave us the means to do that. But it was a really powerful script that I wrote. And honestly, it was the journey that I was on at the time, because I think that if people are honest, yeah, part of that trailing spouse journey, yeah, depending on what your background was yes. and what you left, mm. and usually if you're a power couple, mm. you have that journey. You do. What it looks like may be different for everybody, yes. but you have it. You do. And you have to get through it. It's just something that you have to mm, mm. go through. Yeah. And at the time, it was just, you know, all art is a reflection of real life. Yeah. And so. And that's why we connect with it. You know, that's why when I yeah. watched it, I connected mm. with that. It's I remember struggling with that, you know, mm-hmm. feeling like you have to sacrifice everything because he's the breadwinner. And then to you get to the point where you understand that not all things that earn money are the only things worthwhile in life Absolutely. and that are valuable. And that's why I caught, yeah, what matters most. Yeah. 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 No, no. Yeah, perfect. Because at the end of the day, we perseverate and we focus on these things. And then I thought to myself, well, what if my husband was no, I won't give the movie away, but, yeah. or the short film away. And again, I am a big proponent of life coaches, mm. of counseling, yeah. of therapists, of not trying to go down that road alone, yeah. even if it's just you and your spouse, sure. of getting help to help you navigate through that. And we did. And it was a beautiful process, a beautiful journey, because as a trailing spouse, you know, and it's funny because in the show, I tease my, there's a scene where I tease my husband, like, you know, 
I went from trailing spouse to accompanying spouse. It's a difference. Yeah. Okay. It's a yes. difference in place Ooh, I like and that. mindset. I like that. And I'm like, but you went from dragging, because if I'm trailing, somebody's dragging me. So you went from dragging spouse, dragging me all over the place, mm. to sponsoring spouse and supporting spouse. Mm. And mm. because at the same time, there has to be a heightened level of sensitivity yeah. for the person that is going to go through the journey of sacrifice. And if there's, you can't stick your head in the sand. Well, and people like, have to see the value of your sacrifice. And if you don't know it for yourself, they yes. can't quantify it. They just think that exactly. you're supposed to be there cooking, cleaning, uh, holding up the whole empire of everybody. And no yes. one is quantifying your actual work. And that's another thing that I try to teach women how to quantify their work so that their family mm -hmm. sees their value and worth, including their spouse. Yes, I think that. The challenge also is how do you quantify starvation? So I had mm. to explain to my husband and scene, you know, because I had a friend that her husband told her like, well, you ought to feel glad. I, you get to spend more time with our daughter and I wish I could stay mm. at home all the time. You live a great life. What's there to complain about? She was a former film producer in London right. and she stepped away from that, stayed home with her four-year-old daughter. Beautiful experience. But that side of film producer or lawyer or whatever, you are agreeing to starve her. Yeah. And so her intellectual is, is side still needs to be fed. It still needs to be fed, but she you still agree, needs to be challenged. And you agree for that function to starve it. Mm. You agree to it and you cannot yeah. blame your spouse. Yeah. You can't penalize them. But the spouse, the sponsoring spouse to go from dragging to sponsoring and supporting yeah. spouse, you must acknowledge mm. that you're not starving. You get fed in little ways along the way. Sure. I have to starve the attorney side and starvation has hunger pains. Yes. I will learn to feed it with something else. But every once in a while, those hunger pains are going to come back. And we all have to be respectful and acknowledge that. Yeah. And so yeah, that's yeah. part of the journey, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. Very well said. Yeah. So we are going to end up talking about your current project, the expat show. So I want you just to explain a bit about how that started, uh, where people can find it and watch it and how long you think you're going to continue to produce this series. Sure. So it's on Amazon prime right now. It's 20 episodes for season one. Okay. We are currently wrapping up filming for season two so there will be a second season okay nice i'm also currently in negotiations for what seasons three and the franchise onward will look like okay and who i'll partner with with that because at some point in time i've came up with the show gosh maybe six years ago okay when we were still living in london right and the point of the show is not only to showcase the lifestyle of expats because there's never been a show that showcases that. I mean, you have like house hunters. That's just people going to pick out a house. Yeah, that is yeah. The, that is not. That is a doesn't very show you the small, life. Yeah. No. No. You know, it's not a travel show, although there is some travel in it. It is a lifestyle show. Yeah. About people who live abroad, and particularly, I'll be honest. I'm always transparent about this. It's about black and abroad. It's about through a black lens, which also has never been shown. Yes. Our narratives are oftentimes taken and turned into something else. We have a yeah. particular yeah. formula of entertainment in reality TV and that particular sure. genre yeah. that is always negative. And I looked around one day when we were living in London, we used to do Soul Food Sundays, which is like a potluck. We nice. go from house to house and it was like 30 of us. I don't know why I always attract all the black people everywhere I go. But dude. <laughs> and so I started Soul Food Sundays and it was one day we were 
celebrating this family that was getting ready to go back. Yeah. Frankie Beverly and Maze was playing and Beyonce, we were on the lawn barbecuing and, you know, it was like 35 of us and kids were running around everywhere. And then I looked up and there was Windsor Castle. And I'm like, because hmm, we were living in Windsor, Ascot yeah, area yeah, at the time. Yeah, yeah. I looked around and everybody was an executive, a president, you know, a sure. senior director, yeah. regional. And it was all this black excellence in an international setting, these trilingual, fluent babies running mm, around mm. that had never been seen. It isn't. Yeah. Yeah. And I just knew that it had a, the ability to shape mm. how we are handled or sometimes mishandled mm. domestically and globally. Yeah, yeah. And so oftentimes the phrase edutainment was started by the Black Panthers back in the 70s. Yeah. This idea or notion of entertaining youth and educating at mm. the same time. And I had entertainment clients at one point in time when I would move back to America, yeah. open my own practice. And so I've been on set and they were all in the reality genre. Right. I just knew that there was a niche that was missing. Yeah. And there's a show for everybody, mm. but particularly for black people. I just think we need a show where we can just be, we can normalize just being, just living, traveling, families, honoring and respecting our spouses oh and black women being loved. And I think like so often when it comes to black people, it's only the deprived stories, like the trauma and the this and that, black you know. Trauma. Yeah. And I mean, although it exists, I mean, I've experienced it in myself in my life, but I've had more joy than trauma at this point. Yes. And I think that the focus on how much joy and how much actually experienced black people are actually having mm -hmm like you said, is not highlighted enough and shown yeah. enough so that people understand that we are all out. We're also out here having international lives, international careers and uh, living lives of excellence, right? That we've created for ourselves or ourselves. And then the thing that I love is that the show is not just about my family. There are five to seven other, uh, seven now in season two, but yeah. other expats and it shows their journey. So we're a corporate expat family. That's not the only path to living abroad. And I wanted to show other black people and, you know. Well, if you ever want to come to Marseille, I'm here. It's okay. Yeah, You know, and it's not just black people. Like I have a beautiful mixture of people, especially season yeah. two, Taiwanese, White people, one of my closest friends on the show is Zach, and he is my buddy. And he teases me all the time. He's like, just admit I was your minority. Hire. And we're like, you know what? Low key, but still. Low key. You know, <laughs> low key, you know. But hey, uh, <laughs> but I just wanted to show the diversity and the breadth of people living abroad, what that really looks like, what it really entails. This is not a perpetual vacation. No. We are living no. abroad and life is happening. Yes. And it's extremely hard to manage because if especially when you're trying to achieve goals. Like when I'm working yes. with people as an expat coach, I said, look, it's it's just like we were talking about before, like seasons and everything has its place. You can have a global vision of what you want for your life and you can achieve that vision, but you're only going to be able to achieve one part of it in the space of time that you have in any particular place and sort of grading your expectations to that experience and what you can accomplish in that time where you are actually enjoying the experience at the same time is very important. So understanding what you can fit in in that time and what you can accomplish and accepting that, that you might not yeah. get the whole gamut, that you might have to 
continue the second chapter of it somewhere else. But if you look at it in chapters, then you'll have a full book, a full story. Yeah, chapter by chapter. Yeah. Well, and then to your point, it's funny because I was we really showcased that in like season one and season two of of my desire to act. Mm. And I had to realize within the space and time that I was in in the location. okay, Juanita, you want to continue acting. But but do you speak Mandarin? Well, then, well, then, sweetheart, <laughs> you have to adjust those desires. And maybe right now is the time for you to train, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. maybe some opportunities come about. But yeah. where you are, there also may be language barriers that exist. This isn't sure. London. You know, opportunities were plenty. If I was, had my first feature film in London, got a Best Actress nomination from the yeah. British Urban Film Festival. Like it was, yeah. you know, great. But you're in Asia now. And you don't speak Mandarin. So it's like, you know. Well, it's the high and the lows because sometimes you're getting it all and you're like, whoa, this is excellent. I get to do what I want. I'm involved in all Mm -hmm. the activities. This place has all the things that I enjoy. And then boom, you get landed in some place where you can't do nothing that you want to do or the things that Mm -hmm. you want to do are in another language you don't understand. You don't feel comfortable And it's going to maybe take you a year or two before you get enough of the language under your belt. And you could be leaving after that year or two. Right. So I was just becoming proficient enough to seem like I was going to learn Mandarin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was time to leave. But I was just getting ready. Like, it's obvious that I could pick up certain words that they said. Mm. It's a tonal language. I was just at that place. And then it was time to go. And that's exactly what it is. And. I think the beauty of the show is one that is honest. It's not a negative show. You can watch it with your kids. That's one of the best feedbacks. I had an interview earlier today. We just won for the Hip Hop Film Festival Awards Best TV Series. And the feedback from everyone, we've won a lot of awards, from Telly Awards to Webby Awards. But the feedback is, oh, I can watch this. I can leave my kids there and walk away. And I don't have to worry about what's on the yeah, screen. No I can violence. watch it. I can laugh. Yeah. Yeah. There's no violence. Mm. There's no cur- There's not even. We won best TV series with Christian Film Festival. You nice. Know? So it's nice. Like, nice. It's just really a very wholesome family show mm. in the reality space, which we don't oftentimes Guess. get to be. Yeah. Or it's have. always normal, like drama. And it's a negative formula of drama. Yes. It's something I watched producers do it. It, they keep giving it to us because we keep watching and they, they're like, well, that's what sells. And I'm like, ah, that's what you give. Yeah. If you don't give anything else, you don't know. But yes. Hollywood is made up of low risk takers. Yeah. They do what is always been done. That's why in the indies, they rely on indie creators to tell them what's hot. Yes. And, you know, somebody told me like, actually, I was working with a particular editor and they were like, well, you know, I would pick this song for this. I'm like, no, this song doesn't have enough swag, doesn't have enough soul. Well, you want to reach a, a broader demographic and, you know, you want to make it more. Pro- I'm like, no, no, we dictate what exactly. is hot. Yes. We are the culture. We tell everybody yeah. else what's yeah. hot. And so I'm like, exactly. I'm, I'm very protective of the narrative, the feel of the show, the soul of the show. Well, you know, and that's the beauty of Amazon and Netflix. It has opened the gate for creators. Yeah. And shows don't necessarily have to follow that Hollywood narrative anymore. It's opened the space for shows like yours and for tons of other shows that we see now of black excellence that's out there and giving us different 
views of people's experience through life. And I think because Hollywood, like you said, just keeps regurgitating the same thing over and over Over and and over again. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they kept asking me, like when I was thinking about partnering in the beginning, which I'm so glad I didn't because everything works out the way it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to show people, Mm -hmm. especially if if it's never been done. We are the first show about black people living abroad yeah. first show about international mm. living to ever be done and so sometimes you have to well, bro, show bro, bro, people because they I'm can't giving you a little clap. They, oh thanks <laughs> <laughs> but they can't envision it yeah because they do what's been done i love own but i look at what's on own right now and i'm like if you all keep giving us relationship drama yeah yeah all of their shows are about the same thing and i'm sure yeah there's an audience for everything sure but i just think that there's a niche that we are not a monolith and we need variety we need variety i agree yeah and thank you for providing that variety for us. <laughs> so you are a blessing. I just want to thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your story with us today. And I'm sure that it will inspire women, black women, expats, mommy, preneurs, multi-hyphenates. <laughs> all of them all of them all of them i would say like just to sum this up is to you know really to say i think the most beautiful thing that came out of this talk is that everything has its season that we can have it all but not necessarily at the same time and to really cherish those chapters you know that there's always a different place and a different time to touch on your passion and following passion does give you purpose no matter how big or small cherish the chapters i love cherish the chapters yes thank you so much for having me this has been so much fun yes it has been it has (laughs) been and i'm gonna send you i'm gonna get that book i'm gonna send you my email now I'm going to act like I don't know you. I'm going to send it to you. I, I will send it to you. I promise. Yes, yes. So you all heard that, right? So you're going to see my right. post on Instagram when I get the book. Exactly. <laughs> no, so I would thank everyone for listening with us here today. And we look forward to speaking with you next time. Bye, Juanita. Bye-bye. And for those of you out there listening who would like to maybe know more about the expat show or to know more about the the work that Juanita does, her website is www.iamjuanitaingram.com or you can find out about the expat show on www.expatshow.com. And if you are looking for her on social media, that is I am Juanita Ingram or at the expat show. So I hope you would enjoy this and see you all next time.